Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rome is Dead. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing the recent string of mass shootings here in the U.S., COVID vaccination passports, and Jim Crow 2.0. So let's get into our first story, the tragic mass shooting in Atlanta. NBC News, March 16th. Federal agents on Wednesday joined the investigations into shootings at three Atlanta-area spas that left eight people dead on Tuesday evening. The attacks began around 5 p.m. when four people were killed in Ackworth, a suburb north of Atlanta, authorities said. Less than an hour later, four women were killed in two shootings in Atlanta. The victims in Atlanta appeared to be Asian women, as were the two victims in Ackworth, officials said. Authorities arrested a suspect, Robert Aaron Long, 21, of Woodstock, after a brief manhunt, Cherokee County Sheriff's Captain Jay Baker said. Investigators were working to confirm that the shootings were related. The FBI was, quote, assisting the local investigations, unquote. The agency said earlier Wednesday, no other details were released about the FBI's involvement. The Atlanta Police Department scheduled a 10.30 a.m. press conference to discuss the case. Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms said in a statement that a crime against any community is a crime against us all. So this was the narrative that was being pushed by every single mainstream media platform the day this shooting occurred. The bodies were not even cold yet, and they were already whipping the country up into a racial frenzy. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to bat for this sociopath, but the way our media reported this event was shameful. And it comes out that this freak's motive for the shooting was not Asian hate or xenophobia, but a sex addiction, confirmed by the FBI director, Christopher Ray. He targeted these massage parlors because they were alleged prostitution rings. And this is not excusing this evil man's behavior. I'm just simply trying to find the truth. And I'm also not trying to detract from the victim's suffering either. It's just nobody tells you the truth anymore. And it seems that all that we're provided with today are opinion pieces. I mean, every article you find on the subject highlights six Asian people who were killed and completely omit the race and almost the fact that two other victims were killed. Why is that? Well, before we unpack that, let's get into the next mass shooting. Oh my god, that is a fucking awful sentence I just uttered, but Boulder, Colorado. Ten people, including a Boulder police officer, were killed in a mass shooting at a supermarket in Boulder, Colorado, authorities said. CNN, March 23rd. A suspect that is in custody, Boulder Police Chief Maris Harold said. The chief said Officer Eric Talley, who was 51, had been with the department since 2010, was killed. He was one of the first officers at the scene, she said. Harold said that at about 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time, police received calls about shots fired and a person with a patrol rifle, uh, with a, uh, I'm sorry, a person with a patrol rifle. Uh, one senior law enforcement told CNN that the weapon used in the shooting was an AR-15 style rifle. So that was about all the info we were given the day of that shooting. And to the media's credit, it seemed they learned a lesson last week about the race card. I didn't see any super egregious race baiting news articles, but the consensus on Twitter was pretty much the same of the Atlanta shooting. White men bad, white supremacies, public enemy number one, all of that good stuff. And come to find out the next day that this perpetrator was actually a Muslim man. Crickets. <laughs> that story faded pretty quickly after that, and the conversation changed tune from white domestic terrorism to expanded gun control and gun safety measures. Now with all that being said, let's circle back to the Atlanta shooting, Jen Psaki style, and try to unpack the mainstream media's narrative of the Atlanta shooter. Well, I guess there isn't really too much to unpack, honestly. Major news outlets are just taking the helm of this investigation, exclaiming 
a hate crime has occurred while omitting the statements from the FBI director. I have a problem with that, and anyone who is trusting these institutions to provide them with news should too. And um, Charles Barkley, he, he recently went viral in a uh, clip of him discussing the racial divide in America, and he was basically just saying that he genuinely believes that most white people and most black people and just most people are good people and agree with each other and can get along and live in harmony and have similar values. But the powers that be and the people at the top of our government have financial incentive to keep us divided and keep us arguing and at each other's throats. And I, I truly think that is a lot of what is at play here. Um, but let's get into the larger conversation being had here. Gun control. So after mass shootings, we usually hear lots of calls to end gun violence and enact more gun safety legislation, which is tough because it's not really the best time to, make, to be making legislative decisions while emotions are running high. But let's hear them out. What are they asking for this time? Will these things put an end to preventable violence? Well, just yesterday, Biden had a press conference where he discussed some of the steps he'll be taking on gun control. To begin, he wants to take action on so-called ghost guns. Now, if you're unfamiliar with firearms, what he's referring to here is an 80% lower kit, which is basically a DIY gun kit where you order an 80% finished receiver, and it's a whole lot of tiny springs and pins and barrels. It's a completely disassembled gun, and you basically machine your own firearm at home. It takes some know-how and some resources, but it's a great option if you're on a budget and are mechanically inclined. A common misconception about these kits, though, are that you don't just order it online and it shows up at your door with no background check. That's not true. Whenever you purchase a firearm online or an 80% lower, you have to ship it to an FFL dealer and pick it up in person, granted you pass a background check on arrival. So executive action number one, bunk. He then went on to say he'd be taking executive action on stabilizing braces for AR pistols. The Biden-Harris administration argues that these braces can turn a pistol into a more accurate weapon that fires like a rifle. Now, I'm going to try and keep this short, but a bit of context and explanation of what these things are is needed before we can be begin discussing the policy. So a stabilizing brace, also known as a pistol brace or an arm brace, is an accessory for some modern firearms. It is a replacement for the buttstock and is primarily designed to help the shooter fire their weapon one-handed, although almost nobody uses it like that. The brace is fitted with adjustable straps in order to tighten it around the shooter's forearm, helping increase accuracy and reduce recoil during single-handed firing. Short-barreled firearms equipped with braces are usually considered pistols. Stabilizing braces can alternatively be used as traditional stocks. In 2015, the ATF ruled that shouldering the brace of a weapon with a barrel of less than 16 inches constituted a redesign of the gun into an SBR. This was later changed in 2017 when the ATF reissued a letter stating that anyone firing a braced-equipped weapon from the shoulder doesn't make it an NFA item anymore. So with that being said, our government is really, 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 really dumb, and these people do not have the slightest clues to what they're doing. So this whole pistol brace AR SBR category, this is really convoluted and unnecessarily complicated for no reason. But basically, an SBR is a rifle that is less than 16 inches and has a fixed stock on it. An AR pistol is a rifle with less than 16 inch barrel and has a pistol brace stock. Even though the pistol brace can still be shouldered 
the same way an SBR stock can. They're practically the same firearm with one other restriction being you can't have a vertical foregrip on your AR pistol. It's just, these are just such stupid laws and these things that they're trying to ban are primarily used by like gun advocates and like people who are very into firearms, very law-abiding citizens anyways, and who pay hundreds of dollars in tax stamps to acquire these firearms and register them in national databases. Like these are not being used by criminals on the streets. And lastly, Joe Biden said, and I'm gonna read a direct quote from his speech. I wanted to make it easier for states to adopt extreme risk protection order laws. They're also called red flag laws, which everybody on this lawn knows, but many people listening do not know. These laws allow police or family member to petition a court in their jurisdiction and say, I want you to temporarily remove the following people, any firearm they may possess, because they're danger, they're a danger. In a crisis, they're presenting a danger to themselves and to others, and the court makes a ruling. Which at face value sounds like a great idea, but if you think about it for just a moment, you'd see how it can be abused, and at the end of the day, it violates the Constitution and due process. You are innocent until proven guilty in this country, and we can't start making exceptions to that, especially not with our guaranteed rights to self-preservation. So Joe Biden did such a terrible job that even the so-called fact-checkers had to call him out because he practically lied about everything he said on that stage. All right, I'm reading from factcheck.org here. Biden's missteps on gun policies. In outlining steps his administration would take on gun regulations, President Joe Biden misstated the facts on three existing policies. Biden falsely stated that, quote, you can buy whatever you want, unquote, at a gun show with, quote, no background check, unquote. And, unquote, federal firearm dealers at gun shows must run background checks. Private sales between non-dealers are exempt from federal law. He said states with red flag laws have seen reductions in suicides, but a review of research on whether the policies caused a reduction in total suicides found the evidence is inconclusive. And the president said the gun manufacturers were exempt from being sued. They do have protections from civil lawsuits, but there are exceptions. So yeah, that's pretty much it. We have plenty of gun laws on the books. We just need to enforce them. These people don't know what they're talking about. They never present any type of empirical data to back the claims that they're making. They just put on a big show of security theater and virtue signaling when these types of gun laws don't do anything and are infringements on the law-abiding citizens. And that's my issue with the gun control conversation being had. It's disingenuous, it's manipulative, and it's exploitive. They never talk about the 20 people shot every single weekend in Chicago, or the lives saved by defensive use of firearms, or even mass murderers if they aren't of a particular race. It is complete narrative framing. And so, with all that out of the way, let's move on to vaccine passports, because I'm just going to keep on fucking talking. I'm 10 minutes into this episode and haven't even touched on my other two topics. So, yeah, come and take it. So vaccine passports have been in the headlines quite a bit lately. Here's an article from CNN. There's a lot of debate about vaccine passports right now. What are they and how would they work? What exactly is a vaccine passport? A vaccine passport is just proof that a person has been immunized against COVID-19. It could be in the form of a smartphone app or a written certificate for those who don't have smartphones. Some health experts argue that such proof of a vaccination can be the ticket back to normalcy. It could reward people for getting vaccinated by allowing them into crowded concert ball crowded concert or ball game and offer them peace of mind that the person next to them has been immunized too, thus helping them 
to make crowded spaces safer. New York was the first state to issue a digital vaccine passport using the IBM's Excelsior app that displays a personalized QR code verifying vaccine status. The state tested the app at a Brooklyn Nets basketball game and a New York Rangers hockey game last month, but critics point to privacy concerns and overreach by authorities. The Britain and European Union are considering vaccine passports according to a recent article in the New England Journal of Medicine, and Australia, Denmark, and Sweden have committed to implementation. Quote, Although travel, accessi- uh, travel eligibility has been a primary focus to date, some use of passports to regulate access to social and recreational gatherings, workplaces, or schools appear imminent. Israel's green passes, for instance, permit entry to otherwise restricted sites such as hotels, gyms, restaurants, theaters, and music venues. And New York's Excelsior Pass permits attendance at theaters, arenas, events, and large weddings, according to the article. And the pros and cons of a vaccine passport. The pros and cons requiring a vaccine passport were encapsulated by business owners and managers in Florida, where the passports have been banned. Rocco Mangel who owns Rocco's Tacos and Tequila Bar in Delray Beach, said that he'd, been, that he'd been vaccinated and would like others to be as well, but requiring his customers to have proof of vaccination to come into his restaurant, quote, infringes on their rights, unquote, he told CNN. I do think that you would have actually have people that were offended and there would be a perception that you were trying to govern them, Mangel said. <clears throat> but Judy Lisi, CEO of Strass Center for the Performing Arts in Tampa, Florida says governor the governor's ban may hurt businesses quote if you think mass gatherings if you think about mass gathering places like theaters and stadiums and arenas we're sitting right next to each other Lisi said so it becomes really important to have a vaccine program as an option for our guests and for our artists end quote critics of vaccination certificates cite privacy issues Lisi said but don't people have a right to be safe Don't people have a right, if they've had a vaccine, to come in and know other people have been vaccinated too? So you may see some people saying, oh, vaccine passports have been around forever. What are you guys freaking out about? And yes, vaccine passports have been a thing for lots of international travel destinations for a long time. And if COVID is added to those countries that require those things, so be it. But that's not the vaccine passport that people are concerned about. What they're concerned about is an app that you must have on your phone to prove your medical history in order to enter a business or get on a domestic flight. That's a strange thought. That is a new precedent being set in American law if that were to happen. But obviously, it's probably not going to happen. I mean, Joe Biden says he's not going to do it. Um, So right now, what we're kind of looking at is corporate America enforcing this thing. And if that were to be the case, I I don't I don't really think we don't have anything to be concerned about. I'm pretty sure that will just go all the way to the Supreme Court and that is going to be shut the fuck down. You can't say, "Hey, I need to see all your medical history in here." And what if you don't have to get the vaccine? What if you're allergic to vaccines? There are some people who should not get the vaccine. I mean, like This is just huge overreach, and it is Orwellian shit, you know? But honestly, I don't don't think it's going to be a big deal. I don't think we're really going to have to worry about it, but it is something to be uh, aware of. Now, lastly, I'd just like to touch on what Mr. President... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 
And lastly, I'd just like to finish out with uh, what President Joe Biden calls Jim Crow 2.0. So, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed a 95-page bill Thursday shortly after it was passed in the House and Senate with no Democrats backing it. The bill brings sweeping measures to the state's election laws, including requiring proof of identification when sending in absentee ballots and making it illegal to pass out food and water to voters in line. All right. So that was from MSN.com. Now, this is from the Epic Times. This is what's in the bill. Most of the criticisms center on the law uh, purportedly making it harder to vote, which allegedly amounts to voter suppression. President Joe Biden called this law sick for forcing the polls to close at 5 p.m., a claim that even fact-checkers at the left-wing Washington Post deemed false. (laughs) A review of the 98-page bill shows that it would slightly restrict access to early voting while expanding it in other ways. Taken in its totality, totality, The bill appears to have a a negligible overall effect on how easy it will be to vote in Georgia during the next election. And now just on face value, the two claims that MSN wants to bring to your attention is requiring proof of identification to cast a ballot, an absentee ballot that wasn't the case before. You just have to provide some basic information, but now they're requiring you to send a copy of your driver's license or state-issued ID. I don't think that's very unreasonable to vote in a federal election or even local. I mean, this is democracy. I think we should protect it. Or as time.com says, fortify it, maybe. Anyways, just that that claim on its face. Like, what? It, voter suppression by a driver's license? Okay, all right. And then um, it's illegal to pass out food and water to voters in line. Well, that is true. Well, kind of true. So, the law's prohibition against handing food and drinks to voters in line, much maligned by Biden, is part of a ban on provision of money, gifts, and other items to voters. Ahead of the 2020 elections, multiple groups across several states raffled off cash gift cards and expensive items for voters who turned up at the polls. And what this bill is aiming to do is to stop political affiliated groups to do that so it's not like your mom can't bring you water while you're in line you can do that that's fine it's to prevent political persuasion at the polls that's the intention of it and granted you know what i I think any political group you should be able to give somebody a fucking bottle of water i'll give you that i'll give you that but the just it's completely detracting from what this bill does and overall is just misrepresenting and honestly just lying. I mean, for example, the bill makes no changes to election day hours. For early voting, the law shrinks the period during the day uh, during which people can apply for mail ballots to 78 days before an election instead of 180 days, while expanding both the hours and the days on both on which the polls are open. Georgia voters will now be able to vote during two Saturdays prior to an election, with localities having the option to expand poll operating hours to 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., instead of the regular business hours language that was provided, uh, that was previously in effect. Precincts can also have the option of opening polls from for one or two Sundays in an early voting period. Requests for ballot must now be received 11 days prior to an election. So yes, you heard that right. 
this bill that allows Georgia's voters, eligible voters, to vote by mail up to 78 days before an election, two Saturdays leading up to the election, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. in person at early voting locations, or to vote in person on the day of an election and present a driver's license. This is being compared to Jim Crow, segregation, police and dogs and fire hoses in the street. Like, th th this is the reality we're living in right now? Like, I, I'm just so dumbfounded that nobody has called Joe Biden out for this shit, for this fucking horribly, horribly concocted comparison. Like, it's it's insane to me. The guy gets away with murder. So, um, yeah. With that being said, Rome is dead. Let me get the fuck up out of here, man.